Welcome to Feels Like Healing with me, Al Lewis. A podcast where I talk to artists about how creativity has helped them process their grief. The reason I'm making this podcast is because when I was 21, I lost my dad to MS. That seismic moment in my life made me decide to become a singer-songwriter. I'd been making music before that point, but never considered it a life choice or as a career. However, after the death of my dad, creativity became a solace for me and a way I could express both my joy and my pain. It made me feel alive in the very moment when I was confronted with the ephemeral nature of life and the devastating reality of loss. So I wanted to talk to other people who've ended up in the creative world, but who've also experienced loss, to see whether they have similar stories of why they got into creativity or whether they were already creative people and just happened to suffer grief. I hope during these conversations that I will come to better understand grief and why it makes us feel how we feel and do what we do. This is Feels Like Healing. I'm delighted to say that my first ever guest on Feels Like Healing is the brilliant London-born singer-songwriter Jake Morley. Jake Morley has released multiple albums, done headline tours across UK, Europe and Canada, and is open for acts such as Joe Bonamassa, Newton Faulkner, and some guy called Ed Sheeran. I think you might have heard of him. But anyway, I'm delighted that he's found room today to talk to me about fun subject of grief and creativity. So um, before we start, Jake, can you tell the listener a little bit about yourself? You're a singer-songwriter, but a little bit more, please. I've been a singer-songwriter for a long time, released a few albums by now. And yeah, just... Just in for the ride, really. Had an amazing... God, how long has it been? Probably 15, 10, 15 years now I've been doing this. Yeah, I met some amazing people like you all along the way. We've done various <laughs> things like little... I can't... Little support sets we might have done for each other or yeah. like maybe we've just sort of... In the Venn diagram of all the different people uh, in the sort of singer-songwriter scene. And um, um, we've got an album coming out this year. And yeah, I guess also just sort of recently just really rediscovering my excitement and purpose for music after a couple of years a couple of mad years well, i think i think most musicians feel like that don't they and it's been a, a time where i think a lot of musicians have had to assess why they do what they do and you know what what are we striving for and what is the significance and importance of what we do because it's uh, it's a time when everything like that has been brought to question hasn't it really yeah, I think it's, I see it as like a chance to like renew your contracts, you know, sometimes like a, your phone contract comes up or something. It's like <laughs> normally these, when being a musician, it just sort of, a lot of things in life, it just ticks over and the money gets debited every month and you just, it happens. And the last couple of years have been a chance to sort of stop for a second and like just renew that, like, do I still want to do this? If, yeah. I, if I do, let's actually really uh, commit to it afresh. And, and a lot of other things in life. It's like, let's just like either recommit to things or stop things. So mm. I've done a lot of that. So I'll give you a little bit of a backstory because I know I have, I've sort of led you into this slightly in the dark, this podcast and what it's about. But um, it's called Feels Like Healing because that's kind of what music is to me. I lost my dad when I was 21 years old and I would Oh, just... no way, me too. So, um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a weird scenario where I was just about to graduate from uni and then dad passed away and it sort of threw everything up in the air for me a bit and 
music was the thing that landed in my lap first and made me feel like, well, I'm going to give this a go. And so music has been this partner for me in this process of dealing with grief and loss. And uh, and I think I've come to the point now, um, 15 years down the line, where I wanted to talk about it a bit more. And I'd also realized over those 15 years that I'd come across a lot of people in the same boat as me, not necessarily that they lost their dad, but there'd been perhaps uh, a seismic event in their life that had made them therefore become creative or incentivize them to pursue a creative career. So I wanted to talk to those type of people and, um, and just see how our stories might interlink, but also, you know, how, how creativity can help grief and how it also can manifest itself in your creativity. So why don't you tell us, Jake, what, what your situation is? Wow. That's, that's just amazing to hear someone else say that, I suppose, because I, I just, I really echo a lot of what you said there and Mm. excited to, to talk to someone about it. I've not really, I've talked about grief a lot to sort of friends and family, but I've, Mm. I've never talked a lot about it outside of that space. So it's kind of really exciting for me. Um, funny that we've had that connection, I suppose. Yeah. So also lost my dad, uh, 15 years ago when I was also 21. So I guess that's, that's really lot, weird, isn't it? A lot of parallels there. Funny age in some ways. You're sort of just on... You, you've had a few years where you think you've been an adult, but actually you've been tricking yourself. You're not really an adult yet. <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah. just kind of on the cusp of sort of like finding that extra height that, that comes at some point in your life where you realize you're not a child anymore. And yeah, also had a, a very similar experience of that loss, just ripping a total hole through my life. What Just what had you been stop. doing before then, Jake? I've been floundering a bit recently. Uh, to be honest, I'd I'd been doing a few jobs. Music was my real passion, but I was just f- kind of flitting between different things, trying to postpone maturity, <laughs> and uh, that sort of just ripped everything up. And I had a, a period of 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 grief and just drifting, basically. And it took a, a whole load of things uh, to sort of get me kind of finding my, my feet again. Yeah, music definitely played a big role in that too. What was the catalyst then having having lost your dad? What was, had you always felt like you wanted to be a musician and maybe were too scared to commit to that idea as a career? Or, or was it just something new that came to you and you thought, F this, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for it. What, <laughs> what was it? Music was always my passion from very early on. And I, again, I, what you said about sort of music being an outlet for for emotion and sort of hidden emotion, I think I had that a lot growing up. That was, you know, I turned to music as a child um, because I wanted to, there was some way of expressing myself I wasn't really able to do anywhere else in my life. And that is the power of music. And I, I kind of dove into that. Um, but I was never brave enough. I was never quite brave enough just to really commit to it. Like you see some of these, I sometimes think of like people like Ed Sheeran who maybe 14 or something just had it in his head. This is what I'm going to do. And just he had that a real confidence to it. And I sort of didn't basically. I always wanted to do it, but I I wasn't I couldn't quite find the bravery to to commit to it until later on. And it took, yeah, my dad dying and other the other things to fall into place. And then I I realized that 
life is too precious and short mm. to spend your time doing something that isn't within your purpose, that isn't slap bang right in the middle of your kind of um, just following your heart, following your dreams. And eventually I, I found that confidence and I've been doing it ever since. Because I've, I've talked to a lot of people who've, uh, who've suffered grief um, for this podcast now. And I think what we all share is that the, the grief and the loss gives you that inner resolve to to plow on with whatever ideas you might have had about your life that you were, like you said, on the fence about. And it, I don't know about you, but for me, it was this feeling that, well, nothing can be as bad as this. So if I try this out and I'm an utter failure at it, it's not going to hurt as much as this hurts. So why not? Is that kind of what you were feeling like? I don't know if I realized it at the time, but I think it was. Yeah. Do you think, therefore, that had your dad not passed away, you, you, we wouldn't be having this conversation you wouldn't have been a musician do you think you'd have gone down another path I was so confused back then about what I wanted to do I felt this tremendous weight about what we do with our lives it was all sort of ahead of me and I I felt that pressure very strongly and I didn't I wasn't up to the task really of deciding and and so that's where I was at the time I mean who, who I guess it's impossible to say yeah um exactly what went on I had a very I should mention as well just because it's sort of hanging over me in this conversation I had a quite a strange sort of situation with my dad in that he was um he had a very unusual death basically right um so he he was going to work quite unusually for him on a tube train in 2005 and he found himself uh on the on a tube train the day the 7-7 bombings took place I guess that was just an, a whole extra dimension to the loss that was sort of, I mean, I'd never really experienced loss before, but that was kind of surreal. There was a whole circus around, around yeah. all around the loss and sort of sometimes getting in the way of it and sometimes sort of uh, just confusing it and, and kind of trying to assimilate what had just happened that he literally went to work one day, you know, gave me a kiss, said goodbye and went off to work, you know, as healthy as, as, as I, you know, as he'd ever been. And, and then, you know, the news comes in and everyone's getting, it's all kind of surreal and he just didn't come home. And there was so many, so many strange, bizarre things, you know. Next thing I know, I'm shaking hands with Tony Blair, you know, at some <laughs> at memorial services. And I'm like, you know, the Queen's there and, you know, all, there's there's a whole, you know, you just, I, go, I went to visit the, the train. You know, they'd recovered, you know, and all these sort of like weird events that, I guess what and what was striking about all of that to me, like I say, I've got not much to compare it to, but was that um, the loss itself was just so much more significant than the scenario to me, like the the, mm. the, 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 the circumstances. The circumstances were kind of, I guess, important, but really just so unimportant compared mm. with the fact that he died. And, you know, in that sense, it I don't know how different it would have felt if he'd have just had a heart attack or, you know, or got hit by a bus or something. Um, yeah. it, that what matters is really is what it feels like to love someone and lose them. There's a, there's so many ways that people experience that, but yeah, but you're uh, right. What it, must... it all, what it all comes down to is that ah, I love someone and they're not here anymore, and and everything else other than that is sort of a bit a bit sort of secondary. I think, yeah, or it was for me. No, I think you're right, but I, but I also think that it must have been a very different experience for you because yeah, like I said, for me it was a a scenario where my dad had been ill for years and it was a progressive thing and it 
and I'd had a phone call months before to prepare myself for it. So yeah, to not have that, to, that must have been a very different experience for it to be, like you said, he was fit and healthy and for it to come out of the blue like that. You know, in a way I could sort of prepare and plan and and envisage a life without him, even as weird as that was at that time, at least in a way that, but it, like you said, it still doesn't, um, it still doesn't, uh, consi- uh, you know, ease the pain in any way, but it, it, it in a way prepares you for it, which I can imagine not having that preparation must have been awful. And, and like you said, the, the circus around it as well must have, must have made you feel biz- bizarre. Yeah. Um, I've chatted to lots of people over the years about this and, um, I think what is common is almost everyone seems to imagine it might be worse for someone else. You know, oh, you know, it was, oh, I can't imagine it must have been so hard watching your father slowly get worse and worse and, you know, knowing that you might lose him. And I mean, having to see that over a period, that to me sounds really hard. And, and maybe obviously it's it's to imagine that um, someone would just, you know, the click of a switch would, would be gone from your life is is terrifyingly painful as well um so maybe we just have empathy for each other there about you know uh, all the the myriad ways that people can can come and go out of our lives but yeah it was weird you know there's paparazzi Mm. at the funeral trying to take pictures of us whilst we're kind of walking into the you know all that kind of stuff it's like that that's weird (laughs) weird. and it does yeah obviously there's all kinds of and and, yeah there's a hundred different ways in which in which that was to extremely surreal and yeah sort of a lot of flashback weird memories are coming back into my my mind from that time yeah it, it must have been a c- compounding the the situation like you said to have it happen in the public eye like that it's it must have been awful awful um so at what point did picking up a guitar feel like something you wanted to do after losing your dad I remember for a for a period of time I just couldn't touch it. It was it was sort of I think there was something about the loss which was like just no no contact of fingers on strings could could somehow sort of represent what the the pet the sort of what the emotions of what I was feeling sounds so mm-hmm. dramatic, doesn't it? But anyway, give me a break. I was twenty one. I don't yeah. know. You, things can get dramatic. Um, <laughs> I I think I think I basically didn't. I didn't. Uh, I did. I, I didn't play much for a little while, and then I guess at some point, I, I actually I made an. I ended up making a sort of an EP under a random name about maybe eight months later, mm-hmm. and I wrote some really. I did. And I did in the end write some really, really sort of quite dark, <laughs> quite dark songs, basically. Yeah. But I really shouldn't have sent to my grandma. I sent a copy of the CD <laughs> to my grandma. She did not like it at all. She sent me a letter back, very, very worried about me. Um, <laughs> But you know, yeah, I, 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 a lot of a huge sort of big ball of it, sort of intense emotion ended up kind of going into this slightly sort of prog rock three three song kind of EP. Um, and were the lyrics quite explicit? Were they explicitly about your dad? Were you, was it obvious to, to the listener what the songs were about, or did you mask it? I think so. I the one that comes to mind. I mean, this is a little while back now. I used to light a candle every night before I went to bed. I think it was something I started doing. It wasn't like I'm lighting it for him. That wasn't what I, the way I was just like, I just enjoyed being by a candle flame. 
at that moment in my life it was just a, like a little ritual i just would sit next to it and it felt like a nice thing to do and um so i wrote a song about called this candle which was like maybe by the time this candle burns through i'll know what to do hmm. was the sort of chorus line um yeah sort of like i, I don't know what to do now <laughs> what do i do maybe yeah. by the time the candle burns i'll know um so yeah i think i did get a lot of it out then did you feel like you were consciously expressing your grief or was it something because i've realized looking at old songs that there are a lot of subliminal uh references to grief but there's never been anything explicit until songs i've written more recently and what was that experience for you were you consciously writing about your grief and about your dad or was it more masked in metaphors like candles and (laughs) (laughs) i think i had that whole period of my life just sort of after he died i just i did a a big sort of self-expression moment i made yeah this record with this ep which was sort of uh, kind of unlistenable to a lot of people i think about three people thought it was the greatest thing ever and everyone (laughs) else got nothing from it because it was all about me and expressing this moment in my life of of kind of pain i think once i'd got that out of my system i then sort of Mm. moved on to other creative things other songs i also wrote i wrote a musical uh i and then i sort of it fell into the sort of guitar style lap style thing that ended up becoming the kind of launch pad for the songs that came later for me uh, as a singer songwriter um so i don't know i didn't really write about it fun enough until sort of slightly recently i wrote a song um actually it probably was a couple of years back now called dead father's club okay which was um That's i pretty, basically hadn't written about explicit. explicitly <laughs> about the loss for a while or forever basically and one day i woke up i was like this is stupid this is like a whole big part of my life Mm. and i've never written a song about it because i've been i don't know why too afraid or too kind of sometimes you don't want to impose your grief on other people because yeah absolutely in some ways it's like uh i'm quite comfortable with my grief to be honest like i mean it's 15 years later now it's not doesn't bother me too much to be honest but it's something when you're experiencing it i was sort of fine and i almost was worried about other people because other people around grief can be very kind of unsure as to how to be with people who are who are in grief so they sort of you know you meet up with them for coffee and then you talk for an hour about something else and at the end they go oh by the way i'm really sorry about your loss if there's anything i can do (laughs) (laughs) sprint down the street that's so true (laughs) not uh, not everyone not everyone but like you know so in the end i also musically i don't know i didn't want to write I don't know. I wasn't ready to do what you're doing, I suppose. But I wrote this in the end. So anyway, and then I've been, in the intervening years, my as as happens, other friends lost parents, and um, I we sort of formed an unofficial dead fathers club where you know someone whose whose dad had died. It was like you know after I don't know what few weeks, it was like you're coming to the pub. I'm going to drag you down the pub, and we're going to talk about death for a while. And it was and it was it worked out really well. And yeah. And then it happened to someone else and it was like, this is what happens now. We talk about death and people, I, th- I think we're crying out for it, you know, because death yeah. is when it happens in that moment in your life, your whole being is just defined by or it's so present in your mind to not talk about it is what feels weird. And yeah. so, so I just, and anyway, anyway, cut fast forward. I, I wrote this song called Dead Father's Club, which is sort of like the kind of, which I'm still, I, do, I still don't know what to do with this song, but I'll. I'm sort of work. I, I, one day I'd like to record it properly with with people. Basically, I want to 
it's like an indie rock song and I want to record it only with people who've lost their dads. <laughs> so if you want to be involved, All right. it, you know, bass, bass, drums, guitar, producer, mixer, engineer, mask, everyone's got a dead <laughs> <Everyone>. dad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, mm. we just kind of uh, make this this kind of big anthemic sort of like, you know, uh, in, indie rock song about death. That, that's Sounds that's good that. to me, Jay. Count me in. BVs, uh, acoustic guitar, uh, whatever you want from me. I'm there, mate. I'm there. You've hit the nail on the head there when you've said, you know, what we need to do is talk about it. And I think um, that's another reason why I'm making this podcast is because um, I needed an outlet... I, to, to talk about it when it first happened to me when my dad died I I sort of buried it and point blankly didn't want to talk about it because I thought incorrectly that by talking about it, it would make me feel worse whereas in fact like you say it's it's the opposite and and it is cathartic and healing to talking about it and I've also found that it's cathartic to to write about it did you in writing that song did you find some sort of solace in writing that song massively yeah i'd actually sat down that day sort of thinking i would write something quite tender you know and quite sort of vulnerable and maybe sort of i don't know expressing slow painful singer songwriter mood um and then i was like oh no i don't want to do that at all it's just it's uh and and something else came out basically which was kind of fast and you know kind of came out the traps and was it's to it's totally true like the power of of songwriting one of the reasons i i just i love having it in my life is that this power it has for unleashing unre like releasing emotion and tension and, and or just whatever you have in your in your in yourself by writing the song it just sort of somehow liberates you of hmm. of something of that feeling and just to see it outside of yourself sometimes, you know, you're so used to whatever it, it, it applies to whatever the, the song's about, but you know, the, the, these, whatever it might be, feelings, thoughts sort of feel like they're trapped in your head. And by seeing it outside of yourself in a song, somehow something just relaxes in it within you. It's like, oh, it's here now. I don't have to hold that anymore because it's held here. Yeah. And I felt a lot of that with that song. And were you somebody that would openly talk about your loss to sort of journalists and in your in your biog was it was it something you wore on your sleeve or was it a, a private thing for you your your grief and your loss it was a private thing i talk about it to anyone who would listen in private mm, yeah. <laughs> friends and family other people who've who've experienced grief um but publicly or sort of i don't know early on there was a there was a great moment with a manager and my label at one point back in, I don't know, back in the day when they sort of sat me down and they said, we need to talk about this. Like, do we use this or do we not use this? Or like, do mm. we mention it? You know, cause, because it could be a thing. It could be a yeah. thing we could mention and might get, it's an angle, right? You know, let's just be yeah. honest. You know, should we, um, like very sensitively. And I was just like, no, like I want my music to, to do what it does without sort of, yeah. um, without bringing that into the space i wasn't comfortable with that i felt exactly the same i never wanted to bring up the fact that i lost my dad because like you i, I didn't want that sort of pity angle either i didn't want people to be like mm. oh yeah we'll write well of course we'll write oh that's you know such a sad story yes we'll write about al's songs and 
I, I like you, I wanted the the songs to merit themselves to be written about, but um, I think now in do hindsight, do you regret that? I think in hindsight, I do regret that because I feel like, like you said, it's such a big part of you from that moment on. It shapes you in ways you don't even realize that. Um, but I, I don't. You also think that fifteen years ago, we weren't as a society, we weren't as open and um, about talking about these things, were we? We weren't. You know, no nobody ever suggested to me. Or perhaps it's different for you to to, to you know see somebody, a therapist, or somebody to talk about loss. Um, mm. Perhaps because of your exceptional circumstance, I might have been different. But I, I feel like we're now in a space where mental health and grief and loss and these things are more on the table. What do you think? I agree. Absolutely agree. Um, I would say, I think the truth is, is that you probably could have, uh, well, obviously we couldn't, and that, that's, that's what's done is done, but um, there, would, there would have been a way to, to bring that into, the, into your, your story at that time, and same with me. I think without it feeling like a pity thing, and that's mm. some ways down to us as, 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 as songwriters and as, as people, just to, to do that in a way which, is, which, is, which strikes the right tone, mm. you know, whether that's, like I say, in a song or whether that's in an interview or whatever. I think there is a way to, to bring that into the space, which is not sort of, poor me, I've lost my dad. It's like, well, great. Yeah, obviously, like, join the, join the club. <laughs> like loads of other, you know, but um, if it's part of your story, yeah, I think it's, it's, I think people should certainly feel brave enough to, or, or feel uh, um, they have permission to to bring that into their, whatever it might be, into their music or into their, what they talk about, if um, if they think it's important enough. Mm. So, do you find now, having written that one song about your dad, is it has that song resolved what that, or is it it you know scratched that itch that you felt needed to scratch or? Because, um, as I was saying to you before we started, I've I started writing songs about Dad, and it's turned into a whole album now that I, I didn't mm. think it was going to be an album, um, but the songs just kept coming, and I realised that this was this was a pool of emotion that I hadn't I hadn't expressed and I hadn't gone to for so long for fifteen years, like we've said, and since then I've sort of explored more about our relationship but that father-son relationship which can often be complex and so yeah i was just wondering for you is has that one song is that do you feel like that that's bookended it for you or do you think that there could be more songs there that need writing i think the big thing for me right now is i guess is i became a father Mm. and that that's become a huge sort of creative emotional like a source of those that kind of energies bubbling up very strongly for for me as a as a as the father in that role yeah and it's through being the father i've have you got a boy or a girl son, i've got a girl oh yeah but by by sort of you know like you know i was the son and and the dad and then and then my my dad was gone and i was just something in between and now i've become the dad and it's sort of um th- yeah that's sort of the locus of my in some yeah. ways where what a lot of that feeling but so much of what that is is actually a kind of an expression of who i was as a child and and as to be a son and to be you know to have a, a mum and a dad and and that 
all of that comes through me as a uh, now as a parent so um i don't know that there's there's a there's a lot going on there but i don't i don't feel a lot of a strong urge to write sort of much more about him as such right now i think that might that might sort of but do you think through. i think it, it I, might i'm open to it but it, it might come through later but but it, in some ways it is happening like i say just through the sort of the cyclical the lens of nature me being yeah. a dad yeah that's actually right. it, it, in some ways i'm exploring the same thing but just from a different angle because um i don't know how old your dad was how old was your dad when he passed away 52 52 yeah i'm also finding being a dad like you are you now the age therefore that he was when you start cause the memories like i'm now the age that i start remembering him from and that's been really weird for me like being like whenever i get a bit more stubble i'm like oh god i look so much like him and it's that's freaky because before like you said we would i was young and didn't i did yeah, seen a few photos of him as a young man but they weren't the the dad that i had the image of and then suddenly now i'm in my mid to late 30s and it's like oh shit that's the age that i remember and that's a weird thing mm. isn't it absolutely to be honest i feel like i understand him more now than i ever did when when i knew him just because i'm having got that bit older and met him more like you say that become more closer to the age when i remember him i'm now it's almost like i'm seeing my my a memory play out from the other person's point of mm. view and i understand i understand him so much better now and it's kind of a cruel irony that the moment when i knew him and he was here and the moment when i understand him best will never align well mm. those moments won't ever happen at the same time uh, there was when i knew him and then there's the bit when i really understand him and that's just sort of happened one after the other. But um, so, yeah. Um, Do you find, has has fatherhood helped your grief? It's unlocked a lot of it, I would say. I, I mean, mm. unlocked a lot of just a lot of things, uh, kind of a whole mass of <laughs> crazy things from from the loss and the grief kind of part of my life and from earlier as well, I guess. I don't know. And there could be a lot more to come. I'm sort of trying to be open to it. Maybe I'll be sitting in front of a whiteboard with grief <laughs> at the top of it in another few years. <laughs> Shh, don't don't tell everybody my secrets, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the listeners, yes, I do have a whiteboard um, behind me in my studio with a list of uh, saying grief. And <laughs> Sorry, was I not meant to mention that? You can edit that bit out if you want. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And... Apart from music and songwriting, do you have any other outlets in your life that you feel that you go to to analyze and express what you what you're feeling? It doesn't have to be grief, but you know, a way of decomposing what's going on in your head. Decomposing is a great choice of word. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I think not to get too sort of woolly about it. I think there are there are just not I was going to say any moment. There are many many moments in your if you can you can that that can be made to do that function, you know. It could be you could be doing it whilst you're making the bed or you could be um you know, I like to play five-a-side football. Mm. Um that, I mean there's all you know, it can be lots of things, I suppose. So it's sort of I suppose is there anything creative that 
that you do as a as a healing tool i guess nothing's coming to mind i mean cooking i don't know yeah but I was gonna say, the, cooking, the truth yeah. is the truth is i don't know i think there's a creative mindset which is just kind of like to me is about sort of just leaving your door open to to just let what what comes in and just kind of going with it and and, and exploring and, and welcoming in kind of uh whatever it might be it can be like playing a stupid game with your two-year-old <laughs> and that's creative as well and so what does creativity mean to you now what what is its what is its role in your life is it is it purely career is it making money is it or does it does it ground you to does it ground you <laughs> I to wish. Some, or make yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're saying we're um, doing this podcast on two yachts uh, ladies yeah and sorry I, I forgot to mention i am obviously incre- extremely successful um <laughs> but yeah what what keeps what keeps you coming back to it to to songwriting and to and to being a musician and to and to writing songs what what is it that keeps taking you to that place what what are you getting mm. out of it still it's certainly, I think, to loop back to what we said earlier about the sort of last couple of years, it's, um, it's it that relationship's evolved over my life, and you know, it's I think what it where it's at where it's come to now is, I've recognised that it's just a core part of who I am, and I need to make time for it. I've recognised that it's just sort of intrinsically beneficial for me, regardless of, of, you know, it being some sort of career or or what it means outside of it to, to anyone else. Um, it's a way of making sense of the world. It's a way of processing my life and my feelings, sort of connecting to something that just always feels meaningful to me. That's where it is now. If we specifically look at that Dead, Dad, Dead Dad's Club song, is <laughs> was there a feeling in writing that song that was different to writing the other songs? Was it, you know, was it... Not to say it was more meaningful, but did it mm. did it soothe something or was it you know was it cathartic in a way that writing another song wouldn't be yeah i think it was there's there's something about grief and loss which is sort of like you say uh, nowadays we talk about it in some ways a lot more it feels like but there not that it's taboo as such but it it is this whole part of our of, of the human experience that we do especially in this country or in this kind of you know culture it's so common just to kind of hide it or kind of repress it or to kind of not want to burden others with it or whatever it might be. There's a kind of illicit thrill with actually just like <laughs> blazing it out into the open. So yeah. I definitely imagine like meeting up with your friends and, you know, or some meet up with a good friend and, and just not talking about your, your family or your work. You know, these are the domains of life that, that, that we talk about and they're so important to you. You meet up with an old, Hey, how's, how's the how's your family how's your you know it's like imagine if we just were never allowed to talk about one of those things it would be so surreal yeah and yet that's kind of what we do with death we just like oh yeah yeah let's talk about all these designated (laughs) subjects but of course we mustn't talk about this you know hugely important like human kind of human experience which is common to all of us obviously it's nonsense and 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 this podcast is a great way to kind of contribute to to sort of that you know making it more more common and making it a conversation so do you feel like is your relationship with you you touched on it a bit with you know becoming a dad you were speaking about as well you know you sort of you see your dad a bit more now and the person he was does that mean 
because what I've realized with grief as well is that it's it's never linear it's it's always undulating and mm. can surprise you so often in the way that it affects you what what's your relationship with it now what how does grief sit in mm. your life well i guess fortunately it's been it's been a long time since i was really affect, affected by it as closely as as it was with my dad 15 years ago um but like you say yeah so it kind of comes and goes quite a lot and there's there's days where i i'm like you say totally just bubbles out of the blue and you just kind of it's um you're like wow totally didn't realize i was going to spend all morning thinking about that (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but to be honest it it's it's settled a lot you know it has honestly settled a lot over over the years it does go up and down but nowadays i feel um for a long time i've felt quite sort of comfortable with it It's, it's it was a a really sort of important uh, moment in my life and I think I've done a lot of work basically processing it and now I'm sort of it's familiar it's like a familiar part of my of my of my life and I think it that's a part of it isn't it it's accepting it's accepting that it's there and that it's not going to go away and being okay with that isn't it that's that's mm. half the battle I think isn't it I've just remembered uh, another song on my new album, which has a verse that's basically about grief. Um, where um, so I realizing, like you said, you made this point earlier about how how often it just pops up, and, and sometimes you realize it, sometimes you don't realize it. Um, the way it manifests in your songwriting. Um, so yeah, that was another one. It definitely um, kind of popped into into my new album as well. And is that um, is just, that explicit or is it uh, is it hidden in metaphors? So the song is called "Some Things Are Like Other Things," and it's sort of a list of things that are like other things. And one of the verses is, "Grief is like a mountain, first impossibly imposing, looms right over everything. It, it can block out the sun. Later, more like a companion, a landmark in the skyline. Uh, grief is like a mountain. Kind of summarizes in some ways my where, where I see." Where the role grief has in my life right now mm-hmm. is it's just like a mountain in my in my uh in my environment you know there was a time when it was just looming all over me and it was all there was and I had to scale it or I had to kind of it just dominated my whole life but now it's just it's just there in my in my view mm-hmm. and it's sort of familiar and like a kind of a landmark in my in my sort of life and uh doesn't hurt me generally yeah. doesn't um I think that's a beautiful it's like, beautiful analogy it's like an old friend yeah in a way isn't it it is in a way so to to sort of look forward now um you've got this new album what does the future hold so the right the kind of heart of my creative life right now is is a sort of a, a, an email newsletter project so i've realized that social media just sort of my relationship with it is not it's not a comfortable one. I, I'm happy with it, and I, I post things up and stuff. But where I feel most at home is is my my email newsletter to my sort of fan base. Yeah. And so um, I'm sending out emails every week with new songs and live videos and uh, blog posts, just articles that I write and uh, kind of just community discussions. So um, a lot of my creativity is going into writing, like just kind of long form writing. Yeah. Um, you know making little live videos of songs from my new album so that's kind of the 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 kind of center of my world right now getting people to join my mailing list well i will Um, make a link at the end for you jake don't worry (laughs) yeah do that's absolutely that's absolutely the place to go if 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 i've not 
bored you enough already and you, you'd like to stay in touch, then that is absolutely <laughs> the way to do it. Um, and then beyond that, yeah, I'm working on album artwork. I'm kind of, yeah, see what the future holds with, with new music and, and beyond. Well, I wish you all the best with it, Jake. Thank you for coming on to Feels Like Healing and, and talking so openly about your grief and your loss and your dad. I, I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I wish you all the best with your future and family life and uh, the new album and the and the email newsletter. So, <laughs> Jake. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And now, Dead Father's Club by Jake Morley. It's my unfortunate honour to welcome you to the Dead Father's Club. One day he was eating his breakfast, the next he was not. You feel lost, and your friends are all saying, if there's anything I can do, if there's anything I can, well, you're part of a club now, friend. And to shut up We'll share stories Drink till it's light Laugh till you're not afraid of the night And stare it down Cause in the end you'll be okay In a not really okay kind of way It was a Thursday in July When I joined the Dead Fathers Club You couldn't find a better dad Though he made me so no one's perfect whether yours was a hero or villain He did the best he could And you can't refuse an invitation Sent from the Dead Father's Club So when you're ironing his shirts At 3am For no reason you can't explain If there's anything I can do If there's anything I can do If there's anything I can Well you're part of Shut up, we'll share stories, drink till it's light Laugh till we're not afraid of the night So stick around, cause in the end you'll be okay In an actually okay kind of way You're in the Dead Father's Club So we talk about the cheery ones The serious ones The ones we hope to be Now if there's anything I can do If there's anything I can do I'll break down your door Cause you're part of the club now, friend You and me here till the end And then our kids will learn when to call When to shut up They'll share stories, drink till it's light Laugh till they're not afraid of the night So stick around, so in the end they'll be okay In an actually okay kind of way You're in the Dead Father's Club Dead Father's Club For more information about Jake, head over to his website, jakemorley.com and remember to sign up to his mailing list. Links are in the episode description to all the songs I used. Please make sure that you subscribe and rate this podcast as that will help to spread the word about Feels Like Healing. Thanks for listening.